we have a question from an anonymous online retreatant. As a youth, for the purpose of service to others, how can we acquire a higher level of skills while remaining in equanimity and not hurt or harm others? So in terms of developing with knowledge or ability, one has to study, one has to learn to become proficient in uh, whatever work it is, and one needs to apply one's mind uh, to that work. And the same with uh, meditation as well. One meditates, and one does that work, and then one contemplates as well in order to give rise to more knowledge, more understanding. And having developed these abilities, we can use uh, the abilities for many different purposes use it in our work, we can develop it to become uh, better, higher. And in terms of helping others with loving kindness and compassion, it can be difficult to make the mind peaceful uh, doing that, but we do it for the benefit of ourselves and others. So we have to train in meditation and mental cultivation even more and then we help others and we set our minds to have loving kindness and compassion. And through this helping, may your spiritual virtues, your parami, bring you to freedom from all suffering. May you set and establish your mindfulness well. And may you have a lot of time to meditate, to train your mind as well. And your work can uh, develop to be uh, better and better. So we have uh, two questions on walking meditation mm -hmm. from Tim Linden from USA, an online retreatant and an anonymous physical retreatant. So the first question is, where is the attention placed during walking meditation? And the next question is, Dear Long Po, thank you for being so generous with your time in this retreat. I have a question about walking meditation. Please advise what I can do if I feel sleepy or drowsy while walking. I have been told before that changing the pace or increasing the speed can wake a person up. But the moment I slow down, I'm drowsy again. Do you have any advice for me? Thank you, Long Po. So in terms of walking meditation, the meaning is that one changes one's posture from sitting to walking, and one has mindfulness in this. One has mindfulness with one's step, stepping with the left foot, the right foot. One has knowing awareness with uh, the walking, with stepping, and with being still as well. One knows one's at the beginning of the walking path, the middle of the walking path, the end of the walking path. One knows when one is standing, and then one sets one's intention to know as one is walking as well. And with the right foot, one can recite boot, and the left foot, do, uh, like that. And the mind can become still uh, through this method. It's a feeling in the mind. The mind and body feel light. And there's mindfulness, uh, in the mind. In the beginning, the mind may not become peaceful, 
but still we establish mindfulness with the walking first. And so we have mindfulness with the practice of walking meditation, the right foot boot, the left foot do, or the left foot boot and the right foot do. And if the mind is thinking a lot and very uh, distracted, we can stop and stand still and breathe in deeply, breathe out deeply, and do that three times. Then having done that, one can start walking again. And if the mind is still agitated, then one can stop again. And then when one starts walking, or one can place the one's tongue on the roof of one's mouth and press it there and walk like that and have mindfulness with the walking. In terms of sleepiness, walking quickly is one method to alleviate this uh, sleepiness or drowsiness. And so if slowing down uh, brings the sleepiness back, then, then don't stop, don't slow down. Uh, you can walk and recite Bhutto quickly or walk quickly, recite Bhutto quickly. Bhutto, uh, Bhutto, Bhutto. Left foot, Bhutto, Bhutto. Right foot, Bhutto, Bhutto. And one can do it uh, in a fast way, like right foot, Bhutto, Bhutto, Bhutto. Left foot, Bhutto, Bhutto, Bhutto. And so if one is uh, still sleepy, one can walk backwards. The fear of running into something can help the mind to be wakeful. And if one's still sleepy doing that, one can look at a bright light or the stars, something luminous. One can uh, wash one's face, uh, splash water in one's face. And if one is still sleepy, one feels like one really can't uh, do it, then one can stop first or take a break first. You can sometimes uh, take a shower, shower with cold water. And if that still doesn't work, then it's uh, probably time to lie down. Next, we have a question from Eugene from Singapore, a physical retreatant. Longpo, what is the difference between contemplation during samadhi and the mental formation of the five aggregates? Thank you. So the difference here is between the mind with samadhi, with peace and collectedness, and without samadhi. So the mind with firmly established samadhi can contemplate uh, things as dhamma. This gives rise to wisdom. But the mind without samadhi will have proliferation, what we call sankhara, or, uh, these formations. So in the beginning, one must train the mind to be in samadhi first. Next, we have a question from Anonymous Physical Retreatant. Dear Ajahn Anand, sometimes when I enter samadhi, fear arises in the mind that I may ignore some important obligation or address a practical issue. I observe this fear and it passes. However, unless it is resolved, it comes again during the day or night as I'm worried and stressed. Any recommendations on how to deepen the practice in such situations? Thank you. So one has this, um, these worries and anxieties. So this worry and anxiety, it's something that prevents samadhi, peace and collectedness from arising. So we train the mind 
in order to have the wisdom to see worry and anxiety arise and cease, to be able to see that. And sometimes uh, through this wisdom, one is able to overcome the worry and anxiety. But when the quality of samadhi, peace and collectedness is weak and the wisdom is lacking, then that mood or mind object of worry and anxiety can arise again. So given this situation, we have to train, we have to practice. When we come to sit meditation, we talk to ourselves that during this 30-minute period, uh, is there any, or I'm going to meditate for this 30-minute period, is there any work, any duties, anything left undone, anything important that I have uh, neglected or haven't done yet? And one can investigate and ask oneself this and take a look and see, and then manage the, that situation or manage that time so that one doesn't have any worries or anxieties arise during the meditation. So one practices in order to put to the side all these uh, concerns or manage them uh, before the meditation period to set it all in order so that that time period is a time for uh, sitting meditation, for training the mind in peace and collectedness. And when the mind is then peaceful in samadhi, then there's no worry and anxiety. But sometimes we start to train in samadhi, we start to practice, and the worry and anxiety comes. And the worry and anxiety comes, and other of the five hindrances aren't arising. So we know at that point that we have to uh, set our hearts on training the mind. So we see this worry and anxiety, when it arises, it's a hindrance that prevents the mind from gathering in samadhi. So we set the mind not to follow this worry and anxiety, but to establish mindfulness to be firm and stable. And one can set one's heart that oh, during this time period of meditation, whatever kind of drawback or uh, kind of untoward event or miss or kind of uh, losing anything that might happen during that meditation, one just accepts it. And one accepts that that's the time to train the mind, whether for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. So one trains to uh, cut off or abandon these moods and sense impressions. And one can also contemplate and think to oneself, well, sitting in meditation like this, why does the worry and anxiety arise then? If I go to watch a movie or a show or entertainment or do some kind of other work, why does the worry and anxiety not arise at that point? And one is able to uh, get lost in those pleasures. But when one tries to do merit and cultivate samadhi, then the worry and anxiety arises then. So therefore we set our hearts to pay homage to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha and to put aside these moods uh, first. And one sets one's heart to bring about samadhi or to be able to establish samadhi. The next question is from a physical retreatant, uh, Pia Pon from Thailand. Dear Long Po, 
My question is about observing my breathing in sitting meditation. Whenever I observe the in-breaths and the out-breaths at the tip of my nose, I would feel uncomfortable like I am controlling the length of my breath instead of letting it flow naturally. What should I do to resolve this problem? So one can count the breath as the breath goes in, one, two, three, four, five, and on the out breath, one, two, three, four, five, on the next in breath, one, two, three, four, five, six, on the out breath, one, two, three, four, five, six. Alternatively, there's no need to watch the breath. You can just recite buto, buto, buto. Just don't be interested in the breath. And once the mind is still, then one can take a look at the breath at that point. And uh, if you're feeling like you're controlling the breath like this, you can try these two different methods. Uh, give it a try and see how it goes. We have a question from Anonymous Physical Retreatant. What is the karma consequence of not fulfilling a vow that you have made regarding practice? Example, practice one hour per day. So we can ask, well, what is it that we want? We want peace, we want samadhi, collectedness, we want jhana, maga, pala, the paths and fruits of nibbana. So when we set our heart to do one hour, uh, we might not be able to do that in the beginning. And if we do sit for one hour, we don't know, will, will, we, will we be able to uh, realize some samadhi in that time? So we see that, therefore, we, one sets one's heart to uh, do something or get something, and one doesn't get that. And this makes the mind uh, as having this quality of uh, lost or wavering, not firmly established. And then mind's not able to gather in samadhi. So we have to train, and if we don't, achieve uh, what we set our heart on, then we'll suffer. So you can do 30 minutes first, something that you're able to do, then you can gradually increase to 40 minutes, uh, 50 minutes, and so on, in order so that you don't uh, break your vow. And this gives you uh, motivation or strength of heart, and also so that you don't uh, punish yourself as well. <laughs> 